welcome to Across the Desk and our new series in partnership with Maddie Dever, the Autistic Rambler. Maddie is a non-binary autistic advocate engaged in political advocacy, a parent of five, and a very funny person. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about, and we look forward to you joining the conversation. Now let's get to rambling. We are so far off this. So, good morning and welcome to Across the Desk. And we are <laughs> we're jumping in with the autistic rambler and um, my lovely my lovely Maddie Betty Dever. And it's a weird weird day. Yeah, it's a weird weird day. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was going to make a chess joke about queen to queen, but it probably yeah. not today. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I, uh, that would be a rook mistake. Oh, you did it anyway. I did um, it anyways. So to timestamp. Um, yeah, I just, you know what? I thought I was going to be okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna power oh, through. It's, we're, we're, it, it's okay to not be okay, you know. Oh, and you that's said to somebody at a funeral. Yeah, it, it's okay to not be okay. Th- things happen in our lives, uh, and you know there is no way we can avoid feeling the feelings. And if we try to avoid feeling the feelings, they you come know, out our eyeballs get, anyway. We, we may be able to get through the day, but we're going to, it's going to be harder to get through it later. So, you know, this is the, this is the, the advice I, uh, I tell my kids when I can see them struggling with, with their emotions, when they're having one of those days that it's okay to not be okay. Maybe that's our and, topic for today for, our, we'll do it. We'll do a shorty. So we have three topics to cover today, but to, <laughs> to timestamp, one of the reasons my emotions are leaking out my eyeballs is uh, the queen died yesterday. Even saying that out loud, I know. It's, oh, yeah, I we we we've had a queen for seventy years, all of our lives. Yeah, and some and of the before. some <laughs> and some of the milestones in the royal family we've experienced as kids growing up, as you know, adults, as you know, parents uh, with our kids. Um, I mean, we're in we're in Canada. Canada is, um, you know, our queen is is elizabeth and uh it's i think you know when she's 96 you know that it's at some point going to happen you know that her her husband um um, prince philip died last year like you you know that it's coming but it you don't have any awareness it's not real until it happens and then even after it happens there's these waves of uh of emotions and she's it's 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 weird because it's I know the way I felt when my mom died and when my dad died and when my grandparents died and like there's there's a level of grief in this that's similar isn't it similar it's similar it's like she's been a part of the family yeah and my parents she's a distant relative but one that we kept, you know, one that that we kept getting newspaper yeah, very many about. generations removed. But um, my parents well. are from. I'm, I'm wiping my eyeballs here. My parents are from the UK, so I'm first generation Canadian, and I mean I'm white as the driven snow. So this is not a in any way a, you know, a, a, a poor me thing because I've I've led a very charmed life. And my husband said, um, I won the golden ticket in that my parents could have left the UK and chosen anywhere and they chose Canada 
Um, and not just because it was part of the Commonwealth and still is, but because we already had family here and it made sense and, and it was a, an easy transition, although they left all of their family behind. So, I mean, I don't, I don't minimize that in any way because um, we have a huge uh, family back in the UK. My dad was same as you. I've lost both my parents, all my grandparents, all of my main family, except my mom. Uh, was gone by the time I was 24 and I've always maybe that's what the queen was for me because I've always missed that connection to my what I consider my second home because mm -hmm. uh, that's where all my family is that's where a big part of my heart is and that's what the queen was for me I think was a connection to all of them and my mom was a monarchist um, and we used to talk about the Queen and we had Jubilee parties like we were talking about before. And I just don't know anything else. I mean, I just, I don't know anything else but having the Queen in my life. Um, and you said something, and maybe this is where you gave me an idea. So we'll, maybe we'll run with this a little bit. That sure. I had to go to a funeral on Saturday, the long weekend. And I was a girl guide leader for a number of years. And one of my girl guides at the age of 23 has lost their mom. And so we went to the service um, to support this young lady and kudos and whatever. The challenge that I saw, you know, and if anybody's listening from that service, and I don't mean this in a critical way, but I think everybody was forgetting that she's 23. Yeah. Everybody was expecting her to be okay and be the hostess and be introduced and, you know, this, this, this. And my daughter and I were getting ready to go because Mariko was in my guide unit went with Vanessa. And uh, I turned and I saw, and I've already said her name, but the young lady's face. And I went, said to Vanessa, I'm like, we need to get her out of here for a minute. She just looked lost yeah. and overwhelmed. And she was being absolutely remarkable. But I said, you know, honey, let's let's step out for a little bit. I said, it's really kind of warm in here. So this was under the guise of being warm, but I think she just needed a break from the crush of people. Her arms were full of cards and papers. And I said, here, yeah. let me, there's a place out here. We can go and put those down. Let's go take a little break. And then somebody came out and found her and tried to drag her back in. I'm like, she needs a moment. Yeah. And she said, I, uh, she said in the service, like it, it wasn't a service, it was a, 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 a gathering, whatever. She said, I don't think I'm okay. And I said, sweetheart, it, what you said before is exactly what I said to her. I said, it is okay yeah. not to be okay. Yeah. The day of all days, this is the day not to be okay. Yeah. I said, let's, and I said, it, and I get that. I said, I just lost my mom three years ago. She was my best friend. I get it. So let's, let's step out. Let's give you a moment to not be okay. And, and so we just went out and then like talked with her and loved on her a bit and, and gave her a break. And I don't know, there was a few of her friends there. So they were you know making plans and my daughter is a personal trainer. So I think they're going to connect over that. And she's, she's got a bit of a struggle ahead of her. And yeah. And I think, one of the most poignant moments for me, for the queen, was when Diana died. Yeah. 
and everybody was ripping on her for not running back to Buckingham Palace and you know being a presence to the the people. I'm like, stand, even I, but like, stand down. She's a grandma. Yeah. yeah. Her kids don't, you know, her grandkids don't call her granny for nothing. And she's a mom. Yeah. First. She, and she knew Diana yeah. before yeah. any of you claiming our people's princess crap. Yeah. And when the queen came on and said, had to remind people, as a grandmother, my first priority are my grandchildren. Yeah. And while I mourn with all of you, you know, I have to keep, and I, I at that point, because in 91, and there's this ties together, I promise. It's a bit of a ramble, but it ties together. Ramble. Oh, what does it ramble? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my father passed away when I was 20, and at his funeral in 1991, um, uh, stiff upper lip. I did not. You just got it done and tried very hard not to be crying and stiff upper lip and you don't show that level of emotion and that's this is public yada 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 and uh i remember i was near the front entrance or something i'm not quite sure what was going on uh and my dad's business partner came up to me and he said you know he says elizabeth you know how are, how are you doing and this was the gentleman who had to call and tell me that my dad had died uh. not a good day for him either right and I say, you know, Mr. Holiday, and I swear to you, I was sane at the time. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> swear to you, what I'm about to say came out of a sane person's mouth. I said, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm doing okay. And he says, okay, that's okay. I said, no, no. I said, I keep crying. <laughs> I said, just, oh I just can't stop crying. And honestly, he's looking at me like I have literally <laughs> lost my new, which I probably in retrospect had. Um, and he's like, well, no, that's okay. Like, you know, it's okay that you're crying. And I looked at him and I said, no, no. I said, Barris's don't cry. That's my maiden name, by the way. Shocked. Yeah. Oh, you pun on that, right? Yeah, that's not yet. Not yet, Betty. <laughs> there's a whole lot you can do with that. But... I, I, there are some. They popped in my mind, but I'll let you continue. Yeah, you won't be the only one. Um, there's a reason I took my husband's name when I got married. Yeah. And by the way, those of you who think it's sexist for a woman to take a man's name when they get married, sometimes you're leveling up because my last name was spelled B-A-R-R-A-S-S. You can go with that. Not yet. So I went from, you know, being referred to Elizabeth Barass to Mrs. Plouffet. Who's got going to choose Mrs. Plouffet? It's Plouffe. <laughs> when people screw up your name, I had the choice of bar ass, bear ass, yeah. ass, like all kinds of, you know, asses to Pluffet or Pluff, <laughs> which, you know, whatever. <laughs> so sometimes, ladies, we're leveling up. Yeah, it's, a, it's, either, it's either Pluff or Minus. Oh, I never had that one. That's a good Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So I needed to understand at that age. <sighs> that it was okay not to be okay. And I don't think we do that enough for people. And I know, yeah. you know, we'll tie it back to the autism community that mental health and health services and having to fit in and all of yeah. these constraints and all of this bullshit that gets tied together with societal expectation. 
you know what, folks? And I don't mean this against autism, but it is okay not to be okay. Yeah. It is okay to say you're not having a good day. It is okay to stand out and wear whatever you want to wear and be who you're going to be. Like. Uh, Yeah. It's um, these last three years, especially during the pandemic where everything has changed and things change again and things change again, when there's absolutely no certainty, there's no consistency. It has been a You're not helping with my mental state here, Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it it is not, it is, it has been a hard thing to um, deal with the, the, the emotions behind it. And I've, I have had so many uh, autistics, you know, kids, teens, adults struggling with it. And and it comes back down to, you know, it's, it is okay to not be okay in a, in a time where, when our, in a time where Instagram makes everything it shiny else. and everything, yeah. everybody thinks barring everybody's every, okay. Yeah. Barring everything else. It's a tough time, yeah. Bar, you know, so it, it's allowing ourselves to have, those emotional times allowing ourselves to to be down allowing ourselves to you know to to need help to need support even on on in a in a in a life that we might be stoic uh amongst other things mm-hmm. um if if we can as a society you know learn to be kind and patient with our ourselves and Preach. kind and patience with each other you know then the days like yesterday where you know another oh, big massive mess. change in our lives it's, hot it's mess. we 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 need to let our emotions flow so that we can be able to get through it when we hold in emotions when we hold in the really big stuff it you know it, it yeah it, it physically it physically affects us and we then have you know uh we then have the physical manifestations of the stress we're feeling, but we also have, we lose the control of our, uh, our, our emotions our, of ourselves, of our self-control in a bigger way. And that is something that a lot of autistics struggle with. That's but because, really cool. Yeah. Because we do not, you know, when we, when we don't know how to express something and we have to, we feel that we have to hold it in and we have to mask when we have to be something and, and and we don't get to process that emotion, or that don't get to process that, process that emotion healthily. We then get um, it, it, everything comes out somehow, right? It, you know, the emotional energy, stim energy, all the, any type of energy that we're dealing with. You know, if you bottle it up, at some point it's going to come uh-huh. out. And if you and if you do not, if you do not find the way to safely let it come out you're gonna lose you're gonna you're gonna run the risk of losing control when it does come out and that's always problematic for autistics because like we we we're we're looked at as uh uh um uh, android robots who you know don't have feelings and then when we have the feelings it's like your behavior problem ah like there's oh, any the, the balance cool between before? the two yeah. yeah when i it's just a very i just because I, I said cool because you said such a really cool thing which is when we hold them in all the time it yeah. makes it harder for us to handle them yeah. right? so so something that could be inconsequential to somebody right the last cookie is gone whatever whatever 
there are certain days of the month where the last cookie is more important to ladies than others. And <laughs> there's some days where like, I don't care. The last cookie's gone, whatever. There's other days where I'm going to rip you a new one because you have taken my cookie. Yeah. That could have more to do with, like you mentioned before, the level of stress and uncertainty and whatever that somebody's dealing with. Yeah, They haven't been able to ever let that out. You're going to, you know, that Mentos experiment. Oh like, yes. That's what's going to happen. Like if you need a visual, that's, yeah. you're just all yeah. is just yeah. coming out. Let it go. It's either coming out your eyeballs. It's going to. Yeah. So another, another personal overshare. Um, brought to you I, by. Brought to you by my ass. So literally. <laughs> No, there's a there to, to tie your thing together there. So dad died when I was 20. There was a lot going on at that time that that part we don't need to worry about, but I ended up with a gastrointestinal issue and nobody could figure out what was going on and went through umpteen tests. And this is where my hiney comes in and ended up in a gastroenterologist's office. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you every way you could get violated, having a test done to figure out what's going on with your innards. I was a part of that. <laughs> Been there, got the ticket. Oh, got the, <laughs> got the tickle. Um, so sitting there with a gastroenterologist, and he's like, look, basically all your tests are fine. Like he has got, he says, you got a small kink in your colon. He's like, but um, radiologists are full of shit. His words, not mine. And oh. they just like to find something. I said, okay. But then he looks at me rather quizzically. Now for a timestamp, I'm 21 at this point, 22. I'm now 52. So 30 years later, this made an impression. And he looks at me, he says, I want to ask you a question. I'm like, okay. Like you've seen my bum. Like what else can you, (laughs) there's no other way to be vulnerable. Uh, And he says, if you gave somebody directions and they got lost, how would you react? And like any true, um, autism adjacent individual uh i needed options and i said because <laughs> that was a pretty concrete right and i was like well, yeah like i said so i said that would depend and he looks at me guessing that nobody <laughs> has answered him truthfully before and i said if i give you directions and you go abcd and you get lost okay like something went wrong let's work on that and maybe i gave you the wrong directions but if i tell you to go abcd and you go bcda i'm gonna hand you your ass and he's, he's <laughs> so this specialist is trying very hard not to laugh at me, <laughs> has to look down, collect himself and come back up. And he said, okay, you're an extreme type A. <laughs> I'm 21. <laughs> type A plus. He says, you're an extreme type A. He said, I could give you medication to go, not go, you know, all kinds of pills to make you this, that, and the other. And he says, quite frankly, you need to take up yoga. (laughs) I was like, solid. Okay. Um, So I have been toying with yoga off and on for 30 years. I have never implemented a consistent, effective mental health program that involves exercise, that involves I, I did try therapy and I ended up arguing with one therapist and telling the other to stuff it up as jumper. So that didn't go well. Uh, I tried group therapy. <laughs> no, which you, you, you should have uh, started Groot therapy. I am Groot. I am Groot. 
I have great that would have been more oh, effective than the freaking thing I did. Anyway, so I have tried all of that. I am not ever saying you shouldn't. If yeah. that works for you, that is amazing. And I'm so happy for you. And please don't ever hesitate to go and check it out because I did check it out. Yeah. I would never dismiss it out of hand. But I then put it aside. That has been my biggest mistake. Because ever since I tried and kind of went, all right, well, you yeah. know, I tried this, I tried that, blah, 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 blah. I've not done anything consistently since, to my detriment, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, um, I, I for the last uh, six years, I have been seeing uh, a counselor every two weeks. And we basically, we have, she calls it our popcorn sessions because it's like, all right, tell me all the things that have happened in your life in the last two weeks. And it's like, it's always something. Like a pinball machine. But it's like, for me, um, it, it's not about fixing anything. It's about venting it out. It's yeah. about venting it out so that I can stay in, you know, and handle all of the crap that, that all of the crap or all of the excitement that happens. That you in, can't in, predict. Between those. Yeah, I mean, like things happen all the time. In the last three years, there's been a lot of things happening. Um, Another timestamp. We're just finishing up a pandemic that's been really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, this this is a note to our future selves. Ignore that because <laughs> we understand that that may not be the truth. What? Ending a pandemic. We keep saying that. If we okay. we are in the wind down of a very intense period of health related crap. That was a maelstrom of BS that and I fully believe in COVID. I fully believe in vaccines. I fully believe in the variants. So I am in no way dismissing that as a very serious thing that we've done. But there's been a lot of pukaka around it as well. Just disruption yeah. and stress and whatever. Yeah. I am not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Don't start writing to me to say, I too believe that COVID is because of the flat world because I will shut you down. Um but there's just yeah. been a lot of unpredictable yeah. non-deadlines. Yeah, we, non yeah, we've had so many waves that uh, it's hard for us to keep our hands up now. You're just on a roll. Okay, so on a so roll. What happens this. when you have so, caffeine before we do a podcast? <laughs> well, so I, I think so. Now, I, I was thinking that why, why is it uh, a bad idea to lend money to a, to a, gas, uh, to a gastroenterologist? If you can't say the word, you can't make the pun. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Okay, they're always they're always in arrears. Okay, are we done now? <laughs> we keep having uh, butts and asses keep coming all through this. It is a butt assy kind of day. It really is. <sighs> I, you know, any anyway, roof. Moving on. Um, <laughs> the point of that story uh -huh. was it's important to take people's advice. <laughs> yes, on some level. Yeah. When I tell my son. Um, is if it's one person, it's an opinion. If it's two people, okay, we're getting closer to fact. And if it's three people, it's you, not them. <laughs> it's, right? Like, yeah, one person can come up to me and say, you know, you're the B word. And then I can be like, well, that's just you. Uh, when it got to the point where many people were either referring to me as the ice queen or the B word or whatever, I'm like, all right, maybe it's me. Yeah. And I made some very serious changes as far as my level of judgment and my level of reactiveness and my level of dismissal. And 
made, I have a very, 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 very tiny uh, empathy button. And you would think it would be bigger given, you know, there's been like majorly huge things in my life. But what that's done for me has been like, oh, suck it up. I got through it. What's going on with you? <laughs> Not effective <laughs> when you're trying to be collaborative. <laughs> uh, no. Not great. No. So I have worked at trying to be more understanding of what I can't see going on with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I have worked very hard to step back and go, we were talking about it the other day and it fits, I promise, that there were times when I'd see a woman in an outfit that you're like, oh, damn, that's an interesting choice. And either the woman just didn't fit properly or it was just a very odd combination or whatever. And now I step back and go, good for you. Mm -hmm. You feel confident in that? I don't know if you've lost 200 pounds and like, this is your new swanky body. I don't know if you're getting over being sick. I don't know if there's something about that outfit that inspired confidence for you. I don't know. So if you looked at that and you went, hot damn, I am going to strut my stuff today. Rock on sister. Do your thing. Yeah. One, one thing about autistics, um, is that uh, one, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things, um, it, okay, if you ask us our opinion on something, be prepared, <laughs> be prepared for a, um, unabridged a, a, version, a, exactly, an unfiltered, you know, right straight from the, straight from the heart, uh, response. And it, it, when people ask me, I, I've gotten, you know, I'm 46 now. Uh, coming close to 47, I, I, I've, my approach uh, to things has has changed, especially a lot in the last 10 years, especially more in the last six years. Yeah, I, I had so many issues in growing up where people would ask, well, what, what about this? What about that? And I just bluntly say what I thought, and they're always be surprised when I got a negative reaction. So I, I now, I. I if somebody asks me something and I'm like, do you do you want me to tell you what you think you want to know, or do you want to know my actual thoughts? I'm laughing with you because now, <laughs> starting in my early 20s, this started when I was 21, 22, and somebody asked me for an opinion that I knew <laughs> was not going to be nice. I would say mm. to them, "Yeah, want me to tell you the truth." I didn't put anything else on it, but do you want me to tell you the truth? Yeah. And if they said no, I'd be like, then it's better I don't say anything right now. Yes. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Which is what my mommy always taught me. Yeah. Yeah. First movie I ever saw. But if they said yes, I still tried to be kind because I do have a very cutting personality. So I try to hedge it. But apparently even my abilities to, to... but we're still quite yeah Yeah. well i mean you're 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 a person who has uh strong opinions as well as passions behind things so it's not surprising that there's there there's a there's an oomph behind everything you're gonna say right even if you are trying to soften it okay you're softening it uh it, it is okay you, t- you take a big hockey player, 
right, with these big pads, <laughs> right, and they go into they they go in gently to to body check somebody into the boards. It's still gonna hurt, right? So like you can put all kinds of more padding around you, you're still got the momentum of your opinion, and that's it's not a bad thing. Some people, I also have it's, resting it, bitch face, so that adds a layer. <laughs> <laughs> RBF, eh? Okay. Oh, and it's fan. Okay, all right. I know I'm jumping in. Go ahead, jump, jump in. But it's funny. So, genetically, I swear to you, was looking through a box of photos that I haven't looked through for a while, and I spy my auntie Eileen. You know, listen, <laughs> auntie Eileen, I'm calling you out. It's my mom's younger sister, and she's given side eye, like pure <laughs> side eye. This is like back in 1977, before resting bitch face was a thing. And I'm like, it is genetic. And then I saw my daughter at work one day and she's like 14, I don't know how old she was pretty youngish and somebody asked her to do something full <laughs> full bitch bit. and so her, yeah. her supervisor left and I'm like <laughs> I said I'm really sorry it's genetic I apologize you come from many generations of women <laughs> do this yeah but you got to get this under control because <laughs> what the f just kind of went out her eyeballs oh it was crazy. Oh, watching my girls uh it's which of the characteristics from which family members they have they have picked up on crazy right? my, my oldest um when she's angry has this like solid intensity and you do not want to mess with her i mean which i i'll, I'll do but i because well i'm i'm me but <laughs> <laughs> say that a lot yeah <laughs> like why are you like I, that? I know uh, well, I okay. See, the thing is, I okay. I don't like passive aggressiveness, um, and I and I don't like outright anger meanness. bursts. Yeah, like me a meanness, especially mean anger. Uh, anger, I, anger, actually, anger. I'm yeah, okay with. Yeah, anger, anger is one thing, meanness? but it's like it's oh, meanness, yeah. not okay. But you know, I, 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 I may or may not poke a lot of buttons push a lot of buttons with my kids she to get reactions buttons, buttons. Oh. <laughs> i'm like he's taking that no, i don't pick i don't poke their buttons i only poke my own um <laughs> that's me all right well anyways <laughs> you're blushing <laughs> i well, uh, no, actually, no it's 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 the uh the light hitting the picture <laughs> yeah yeah you keep saying that well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of butts <laughs> A little butt stuff today. Um, anyways, like I, I, I may or may not poke buttons, um, uh, but they're they have each like my my youngest when she she gives she's got the look and she stares down people and like she's it's this solid iciness, except she's so darn cute that it <laughs> doesn't have the intended effect, but she's like, I'm giving you the look <laughs> oh so my mom used to call it the hairy eyeball and but the queen had a hairy eyeball like uh -huh. you knew that's one thing yeah to, to go there's a couple of things yeah. i want to but the queen you knew instantly yeah when you'd pissed her off we are not amused not e no 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 man there was there was no there was solid yeah. hairy eyeball or my mom either called it the hairy eyeball or the furry and, and, eyeball. And that, I mean, honestly, that that's actually uh, one of her most, um, not, I'm not going to say mocked, but mimicked. Uh, oh, yeah. The, that the, whole, face? the whole, the whole, we are not amused. Uh, that's actually mean. Queen Victoria said that, not her. 
Oh, really? Yeah. That's, okay. that's attributed oh. to Queen Elizabeth, but that was a Queen Victoria saying, which we we are not abused. But the Queen yeah. died Exactly. Like, yes. Uh-huh. Seriously skilled on the side eye. But what you just said about poking your daughters, so, and not in a dirty way, but poking the buttons, can't, there's no way I can clean that up. So I think what happens though, because what immediately came to mind is that you have made it safe for them to express themselves in your home. Yeah. yeah. Because you have set up that relationship of parent. I hesitate slightly to use friend, but yes, friend, but you have made it safe to do those things. And they know that that is one of the ways when they are not okay, that they can work towards getting to be okay. Yeah. Because you allow them to vent in whatever way works. Right. Yeah. They can say whatever, however, and I will love them and I'll love them through that. But also the fact that you poke periodically, you recognize the necessity of sometimes provoking an outlet. So if somebody yes. is, and I, I am in no way suggesting that you start smacking people around to get them to talk to you, because that's no bueno, <laughs> don't do that. But as a parent, I do that periodically with my kids too. When I know yeah. something's going on and I'm not, Trust me, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff I have absolutely no clue about, but there are also some things where I have been a bit intuitive with it. Yeah. And my kids have been like, oh, how'd you know? I'm like, yeah, wrong. Yeah. That's what I do. So I think that's amazing that you have chosen to do that that way. And uh, with with the three girls, um, it's like they each have their own way that their buttons need to be pushed and it's like when i say pushing their buttons it's not to like one of them it's i i will outright make her laugh uh i will find whatever way to completely crack her up because she's tense right and she's she lives with a lot of stuff that she's dealing with but she needs she needs to be brought into the hysteria um so that she can you know come up for air yeah one other kid like humor is not the way to help her humor it's it's not the way Shuts it's, her down. it's it's sitting beside it's you know letting her ramble it's it's liking or commenting on the instagram posts of whatever thing she's cosplaying about now that's what she needs and she has cosplay. yeah and, and another kid she just you know there's sometimes she just needs deep talks she needs to get away from everybody else and just breathe and then have the deep conversation you know we we did uh, on tuesday i texted her after she came home from school and say how was your first day and i could tell from her answer Aww. it was mixed so i was like you know what you know, why don't i come over i'll grab you something from timmy's and we'll go for a walk and uh uh-huh. and we we did that and she it took her a bit of time and then she just you know we talked about all of the different aspects of her day and it wasn't yeah. that it was a bad day but it was just it was just not okay yeah, yeah, it was and not, how... and she like she's she. You can't just ask her, ask her, ask her questions. You gotta let her. You you got you gotta give her the place to give her the space. Yeah, you know, and I mean, she does react to humor, but I I know enough that she she likes to ride the wave of some humor, some seriousness, some humor, some serious, and she she absolutely. I think she's the kid that loves my randomness the most, 
but also likes to know that somebody really considers her opinions important and and not you also uh, reinforce that i'm gonna back up for a second because my son gave me a bit of an eye opener a couple of years ago and obviously that stiff upper lip of mine um is a bit of a challenge and i'm, I'm a bit of a serious i hear botox does well well, that stiffens it more. We don't want more stiffness. We want to oh, relax. With your lower lip. So it's all, you know, all in. Anyways, go on. Seriously. Um, so I've just always, like, from a very, very young age, independent, get it done. That's just always been my go, right? Yeah. What I didn't realize was what my son was seeing was that I was doing it all myself. Mm. What he didn't see was the amount of help that I got, right? So yeah. either through books or videos or conversations I was having with peers at networking groups or whatever that was. And uh, a couple of years ago, he was doing his visual and creative arts at Sheridan and he was struggling a bit with one of the courses, right? So my son's also dyslexic and um, excellent reader. He also has a fine motor visual integration issue. So physically writing not great for him typing yeah. like the thoughts that come out of him he's a smart guy i've had him tested yeah. like sheldon's mom you know he ever comes out with something boneheaded i'll be like i had you tested that's no and he's like yeah i'm i'm not doing great with this uh particular course and uh, he was really afraid of failing mm. and i said okay well like why are you afraid of failing and well, like failing doesn't feel good i said okay I said, but you know what would be worse? And he was like 19 at the time, something like that. And he looks at me, he's like, what? Like, what could be worse than failing? And I said, not failing, ever. Yeah. I said, going through your entire life oh, in that little yeah. safety puddle of not doing anything. I said, I wrapped it up with him saying, look, there's three things you can do with failure. I said, you can change why you failed. You can change how you feel about failure. And you can change how many times you fail. Because the more you fail, the less you're afraid of it. Yeah. And you find more solutions. And he's like, but you never ask for help. I was like, <laughs> what? He's like, well, you do everything. You, you never ask for help because I was getting on his case about not asking for help. Yeah. Said, Sweetheart, that's so no. I said, I ask for help all the time. Maybe, well, to me, it seems like all the time. I said, if I have a question or a struggle or whatever to do with my business or, you know, just entrepreneurship life or whatever, whatever. I said, you can bet I go to people smarter than me. I'm like, why wouldn't I? Why would I keep cracking my head against a wall instead of asking for help? And I think where I have failed my kids is not demonstrating um, good mental health habits mm -hmm. and not like I journal and I do some other stuff and I go for walks and I get together with girlfriends periodically and whatever, but I don't think I have demonstrated good attention and sorry i'm pausing because i'm trying to say something without saying something my daughter needed support with something and absolutely refused uh to get help with it and i'm yeah. thinking back now is that because that's the example that i set that you just buck up and i thought i had done better than my parents but maybe i didn't we know we, we just fail our kids differently you know uh it's <laughs> 
Spectacularly, we don't, make the, we don't make the same mistakes our parents did. We make new ones because Yay! that's humanity. Yay! In a box. That's what we need. My, my mom, uh, I love her so much, but you know, she and she gave me the attitude that I could do anything, and so I Firmly did lots of things, and I, I did lots of things and whatnot. But and when whatnot. I would be failing she would step in and blunt the effect of that, of, of that fail. I didn't, when I was young, I did not get to experience the effect of of failing. And, um, but, but, you know, my dad had the, 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 my dad had the, the, the philosophy that the, you know, the best way, the best way to succeed is to fail, yep. you know, because like the failures are just as important as successes. So it, when I played sports, I didn't mind losing. I mean, I, okay, I didn't like losing, but I knew that, you know, that it was part of getting better to win more and to be better. So I, it's just I, one day, just one game. And, and, you know, so in, in my twenties, when my mom wasn't really able to pluck me from the failures and I had some spectacular failures it was harder for me to know what to do to pick up from them because I didn't have that experience. And yeah, and my, my sister and I talk about this a lot. You know, that's like they're <laughs> we're old enough now to understand our parents' failures, also to understand <laughs> that parenting is is a you know you are given no instruction. Show of it's failure. all yeah. It, it's <laughs> like we we we've 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 struggled enough for our own kids to have peace with our parents for failing us in those areas where they did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I look back though, and like, it's the, her, she, her heart was in the right place. Um, and probably thought you were I, already when, dealing with enough. So what can yeah. you, yeah. And, and with, with my kids, like I, I try to, I have, I, I have this philosophy of parenting um, where I, there's this big box of the of boundaries, right? Um, the, the 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 wall of the boundaries is where I need to put my my foot down. These are the absolute important things yeah. that my kids can't do or they should do. But everything in it, the older they get, the older they get, the bigger the box is. Yeah. I want them to experience things. I want them to. I want them to succeed. I want them to fail. I want them to ask for help on how to do it, but to learn to 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 fix things themselves. And you know, asking for help is not a failure. Yeah, it, and I, I have one child, which I won't mention which one of them has a real difficulty in asking for help, and, and they know it's a pride issue. They know that they want to do it themselves, but they're, you know, I think they intellectually know that they need help. But they're also fighting this this core belief that they are the ones that will fix things. That we can't trust anybody else, even though they intellectually know that they can trust some people. Their their core belief is vulnerable, but it's a vulnerable vulnerable place to put yourself right. And if you're dealing with multiple things, like we've mentioned before, that you know school systems and and all kinds of things they they breed in this this. they either build learned helplessness yeah. in individuals who have struggles because there's the perception and you know the the bias towards the lowest common denominator and you know so falling into that learned helplessness what i found is if you ask for help then they 
smother you with help. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And they, but they don't let you then take on any kind of risk or go above the expectation because you've asked for help. Yes. That must mean that you can't cope with anything else. Yes. And I think when we do that mixed message of asking for help, well, yes, you should ask for help. But then if you also have a diagnosis, the perception is that you need help with everything. Yeah, exactly. And, and, it's like, and no, 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 no. Just one thing. <laughs> yeah. What what I tell my kids is that I, you know, that I'm I'm here to. I, I don't want to smother them. You know, I I'm here to mother them amongst all of their other mothers. You know, it's I I need to be along beside you. Brother? Exactly. I don't know. I uh I my my role is to come alongside them yeah. and pick them up when mm-hmm. they fall periodically so that they can... in the ass <laughs> maybe why they fell but <laughs> <laughs> i might have tripped them uh, exactly and again, you was... exactly you know Fallen. it's just exactly it's the path of life um <laughs> <laughs> it's a circle of life now, my son and i do that when we go over the skyway bridge because we tend to be hitting the skyway bridge just as the sun comes up and a couple oh of my god and... <laughs> we have an interesting relationship well exactly um Um, yeah any road i so we began um this was not our topic for today and uh, i'll be honest with you before we started talking i was i was not okay not okay at all and as soon as maddie came on and and one of the reasons is that i know with maddie if i come on and i don't do this often like but if I'm having a moment, yeah, there's going to be no judgment. There's going to be no whatever. And that makes, and I don't cry in front of many people, um, which is probably another thing I have ingrained in my children, which is not positive. Um, I was a hot mess. And, you know, Maddie asked a very good question. Are you okay to do this today? And uh, no, I was not, was not okay to do this today. But sometimes you need to do things that you're not okay to do. And I'm never suggesting you should sacrifice your mental health. But what you should do is evaluate the payoff of pushing through a difficult moment to get to something that is going to help you feel better. And after every time I talk to you, Maddie, every single time, I learn something, I laugh my ass off, and I feel better. Yeah, I, I I feel the same way. I mean, I I realized in our in our our pre chat that you know the stuff that we were talking about when we're you know what we're talking about is really how to have good grief, how to grieve something and live. You know, and yep. and and it's in talking with you, like it, I I'm. I mean, is significantly affected by uh, the death of the queen, and having these moments, these waves of of emotions. Um, but talking with you today has really helped. Um, you know, th- this is. A, I don't think we would ever. I don't know if we would have chosen the topic of grief. <laughs> no, I I don't think so. I don't think there's something that uh, in a list of a hundred different topics we would have like plucked. So, yeah, let's talk about grief and have a good cry session. It's today. a All vulnerable. Right. Oh my gosh! But it's something that's so needed because we live with grief. Grief is part of the human process, and grief is uh, a difficult part of the human process. And we either stifle it 
or we're overwhelmed by it. And it's it, and both of those things are 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 natural ways of yeah. dealing with it. But talking it through and 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 you know again the 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 core message is you know it's ask for help. okay to not be okay. Yeah. Ask for help. You know, stand beside somebody who's grieving and be there when they need to and ask for help and when when you're when you feel that your um your your grief is so much that you're barely treading the water let alone um you know riding the wave riding the wave yeah exactly and keep in mind Um, folks that grief doesn't necessarily have to ascribe to losing um yeah human right um moving away you know, losing a job, grieving an opportunity, grieving a relationship, grieving, uh, you know, whatever it is, what somebody told me when my mom died, which has helped a lot is that in, in a human way, right. So when you lose a a person or a fur baby or whatever, grief is love with nowhere to go. Yeah. That's right. And what I have been doing with that is doubling down on my volunteering and doubling down on uh, donating and doubling down on, you know, making the planet better for autistic individuals and everything that my mom stood for, which was service, just like the queen. Here we go again. Ah! My mom was about service. My mom was about community. My mom was about helping others. She was also about brutal honesty and not always in a good way. Um, and that's, she shared that with the queen. The queen was all about service and community and dedication to duty and what have you. And don't get me wrong. Yes, there was some stuff that's happened with the monarchy. Not positive. This yeah. is not the day to talk about that, though. Yeah. I'm not saying ignore it, but don't share those mean memes. That's just mean, man. That's, that's not okay. It's not okay today. We've, it's some, you know, a family has lost their mother and yeah. their grandmother and their and, aunt and their friend. And yeah. I I I like the I like the fact that that there's a um, there's a mourning period, you know. Eleven it, it, days. I know. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> and honestly, that's like it's a good time to respect and acknowledge the person that was mm-hmm. and and the way that they affected you, you know. And you know, so two weeks, three weeks from now, if people want to get angry and 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 talk about the monarchy and talk about this that's a good time but i think there's a, t- there's a reason for a time where we respect the dead because they're human you know and you know i i i say this a lot and i try to remind autistics i try to remind people with disabilities that your value isn't in what you've done your value you know is inherent because you're human and they have you know the the queen has kids grandkids People that work for them, people that work for them, yeah. Like there's there's a family, as and 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 people have have come, like the queen has represented, you know, like she's the matriarch, she's the mother, she's she. There's there's that that kind of relationship that people have. Yeah. Not to say that there's all the other negative side around it, but there's there's a humanity part to this, and you know. I, <laughs> this is not an opinion that, that some people share, but it's, you know, there is a time to grieve and to respect the loss that people are feeling. 
Mm-hmm. And I, and we, we, most of us have never had to experience the death of a, of a, of a monarch. We have, you know, there's very few, you know, mm-hmm. there's a small percentage of people on the planet that have, that have, uh, that were, that experienced this 70 years ago, but we're, we're doing this My aunties now. and uncles have, but I mean, they were yeah. young kids, right? So they didn't have, you know. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so th- this is all due to us. Um, but we, we just, you know, bringing it, bringing it to personal. When you have experienced loss and grief, it's everything you're feeling. Your feelings are real. Your feelings are valid. And, um, it's okay to ask for help. It's yeah. okay to, to ask people just to stand beside you. And it's okay um, for it to be on your timeline. Yeah. I will preface that by saying if it's been more than six months and you are still in the bowels of your grief, yeah, get some help. The person or situation that you've lost, I'll stick with people right now, would never want you to stay in that state for that long. Does that mean you can never be sad again? Absolutely not. There was a, it was about a year after my dad had passed away and I was visiting somebody and I, I brought something up and I got a little sad about it. And they looked at me and they said, aren't you over that yet? Oh God, no, no, it never uh, ends. It they, just... they not only had their biological father, they also had a stepfather who had been. Yeah, so they have up. no idea. And so I said, yeah. <laughs> <"Not> now, <laughs> what did yeah. you say? And they looked at me and they said, well, aren't you over it yet? And I said, well, seeing how we can go back to your place and you can call either one of your fathers, I would say you're not really in a position to judge. Well, my parents got divorced, so I sort of know what it's like. And I looked (sighs) and I said, well, I said, my parents also got divorced. I could still call my dad after my parents got divorced and go see him. I can assure you. That's not an option. I now have to go to a cemetery and look up a wall and imagine the little box that I had to put in there. So don't ever say that you can understand in any way what I'm going through until you have even a niggling of experience to deal with that. Yeah. Every milestone that goes by that I can't talk to my mom and share it with her, it hits me again every single time. And that's okay. Actually, anytime anybody dies, it it triggers it again. You know, it just, yeah. And it it, like, does it get better? It gets different. It gets manageable. Yeah. Yeah. On Saturday, it'll be a year um, since my friend Karen was killed. Yeah. I'm very fortunate that this year I will be with my friend Stephanie and we've been friends since we were nine. So that's, 43 years for those of you who are doing the math. Um, and then in October, it'll be two years for my friend, Julie, uh, who chose the MAID program because of her cancer diagnosis. And I signed her paperwork. In November, it'll be my mom's, what would have been her 82nd, 83rd birthday. Uh, and then we get to January and that's when both my parents died. It is not not recognizing those dates. It is not not acknowledging what has caused you grief it is not wallowing it is not somebody else's timeline it is understanding like we said at the beginning that it's okay to be okay 
when the not being okay is getting in the way of living, it is okay to ask for help. And when the not okay is getting in the way of living and you don't ask for help, are you setting an example for those around you? If you happen to be a parent, if you happen to be a sibling, whatever, are you showing others that that's, you know, you don't ask for help. You just, you know, either let it take you under or buckle through. And so there's a lot of things to take out of this that's you know, not directly related to grief, but how you model behavior around just managing your mental health every day. And the, you know, the point Maddie made earlier around when you manage your mental health more effectively, either through exercise or journaling or whatever works for you, talking to somebody, then when those unexpected things crop up, like a pandemic, like losing the queen, like whatever, you know, losing a family member, then you're better able to manage and the waves don't take you under. And that's what we're here to chat about very openly and honestly is how we've both struggled with that. And there is strength in asking for help. And there's strength in acknowledging when the help you've asked for isn't working for you. So if, if the first avenue you've tried wasn't successful, okay, that sucks. Try again. Because when you stop trying, you know, is, is when you run into very not okay. Yeah. And we want to avoid that. Right. So on a happy note, God bless <laughs> the queen. Thank you for your yeah. service. A life of service is something that I have strived for, for many, many years. I've been a volunteer for 30 years, something about my um, personal life and professional life always has to have a service component. Mm -hmm. Yeah because you leave the world a better place and that's what we could be doing. Uh, I'm just honored, honored to have known her, known of her. Yeah. To be named after be named her. after her. Yeah. Pretty freaking cool. And inadvertently I discovered, so was my mom because Elizabeth's full name was uh, Elizabeth Alexandra Mary. Did not know that. One of my, uh, one of my daughters uh, has a middle name, Elizabeth. See? We're just cool people. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a crown yet, but I'm working on it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm getting a crown pendant. It's coming. It's coming. It's a coming. Oh, and I have a Queen Funko Pop on the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Freddie, Freddie Mercury? I'm tempted. That's another uh, Okay. So we're going to wrap up uh, for today. If you have any comments or questions or feedback or whatever, um, if you need help, if you're in your area, please take a look. Um, I mean, don't go to Dr. Google, but there are plenty, I'm sure, in whatever area you might be listening from of services that you can access. Reach out to a friend, crack open a journal, just do something that is going to help you have a better day and you're going to be okay. All right, Betty. All right, Betty. Decided <laughs> <laughs> to call Maddie Betty periodically, and then that just you know. Helps. It's just so wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Just, it just makes me so smile deep inside. <laughs> Wait, that's my that's that's my stomach rumbling. I'm hungry for you know. Okay. Yeah, solid. I have to too. watch which is what. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Maddie's going to stay on. Uh, we appreciate you listening. And next next time, we're actually going to talk about what we should have talked about. Um, and what was the one? Was it the growing your strengths? Uh, you so. know what? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We have we have a bunch. 
Um, we, we talked about intersectionality of neurodivergent diagnoses. Um, we talked about, oh, it was IEPs. That's what we were Ooh, that, Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And my, my it'll be a teachable moment. Oh, yeah. What <laughs> I put in our notes was the suckage is real. <laughs> <laughs> and I've yes. dealt with IEPs for a long time. Um, yeah. Advocacy is an absolute necessity or nothing will happen. And then we'll be going into um, what should support your child and making sure that the IEP doesn't get weaponized because it can exactly. happen. Yep. And also, managing your uh, expectations of what a school can provide realistically, because I think some parents yeah. get into this maelstrom of the school must do absolutely everything and the country neither has the budget <laughs> nor the resources yeah. for the everything to be the be all and end all for your kid. But having said that, you, you do need to advocate to do the best with what you've got and then fill in the gaps otherwise. So Tis what it is, but that is what's coming up. That was what's supposed to be today. <laughs> Darn that queen for dying when she wasn't expected. Oh, I know. A little cheeky I monkey. Know. All right. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate your time, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Across the Desk and our new series, The Autistic Rambler. Please visit SpiroCareersCanada.ca to learn more about the tools we're building with the autism community. And please visit TheAutisticRambler.com to learn more about Maddie Dever.